0: Trademarks owned by Beckler AB to CV Twenty Twenty Four, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to
1: DraftKings Network,
2: the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny
1: Florian. I love them.
3: I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that Boston for for next.
2: Big job there from
3: There are a couple of absolutely self-involved bull**** artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Headshot, bang, done.
0: Well, if you're audio only today, you're missing me in the playroom as I try to find the most optimal place in my home. Great to be back in your life Monday, April 24, 2023. It is episode 405 of the Anik and Florian podcast starring three-time UFC title challenger kenny florian every 150 shows i i try to open it that way happy birthday michael <laughs> chandler happy birthday to my wife chrissy Annick, and happy birthday to me from Toyo tires ken Flo. by the way the sq5 is getting fitted for Toyo tires Ooh. they have arrived in boca raton florida so thanks to stan the man stan chen from Toyo tires very excited to get some new uh new rubber on the uh on the sq5 tomorrow morning Kenflow. Hell yeah,
2: dude! The SQ5 is sweet. Is that what you're? Is that what you're rolling around in these days? That is my
0: wife's car. I drive a minivan. Do okay. we have to go over this okay. again? Uh,
2: that's right. That's right. You take you do the minivan. Yeah, of course, of course. That makes sense.
0: And after our show a couple of weeks ago, I went down. A little bit of a rabbit hole with the BMW X7 and thought I might end up in one of those. And as it stands, I'm going to end up getting my third Honda Odyssey minivan. I'm getting a third minivan. But my wife has the SQ5. And when I did the commercial for Toyo Tires, they said we'd be happy to put Toyo Tires on the minivan when you need them or the SQ5. Seemed like the SQ5 was the better fit. So we're very excited about that. And uh, coincidentally, we're rocking the Toyo Tires T-shirt today but we are trying to optimize this whole studio situation. I am on a Mac desktop today, if you really want to know, in the playroom, seeing how to navigate this. Wi-Fi expert comes tomorrow. We are located a studio space about three miles from my front door. It stands to reason that within the next six months, we're going to have an Anak Florian podcast studio live in South Florida. We've reached out to Ted Munoz, going to get some mosaic art behind us. Very exciting things. I have spent Essentially, all of my recreational time, Kenny, over the last two weeks focused on the Anakin Florian podcast. So uh, we're ready to go.
2: Dude, that's exciting times, and, and I appreciate all the time and effort you've been putting into that, man. That's, uh, that's exciting.
0: Well, I mean, you know, if we got a lot of problems. We're trying to solve them. I'm a solution-oriented uh, <laughs> guy. I also know that the UFC is going to Charlotte, North Carolina uh, on May 13th. So I feel like I'm going to see in a couple weeks. Maybe that's why I have an extra pep in my step today. There we go. There we go. Let's do it. So the, are you planning on attending, be honest, I know I'm putting you on the spot, are you planning on attending UFC Fight Night, uh, May 13th in Charlotte, North Carolina, main event, Jailton Almeida, Jarzinho Rosenstrike in the UFC's heavyweight division?
2: I would like to, I, I would like to, I think that works out timing wise, man, and uh, I just need some tickets maybe from a friend. Oh, I'll and, do the tickets, and-
0: I mean, I'll I take care <laughs> of the tickets.
2: <laughs> I'm yes. going to
0: see if we can show you on camera. We'll see if we can show the uh, <laughs> <if laughs> Florian Octagon side with us tonight. He- moonlights as a pfl commentator all right a lot to get to it was a busy weekend in combat sports time permitting we'll get into the boxing stuff with ray longo but a lot of mma stuff off the top off the top excuse me also want to try to give patchy mix some shine after a knockout of the year contender over rayfion Stotts to win a million dollars but we begin with sergey pavlovich and sometimes kenflo has got to bring me back to earth a little bit after a performance like this when i'm anointing this guy Sergey Pavlovich over Curtis Blades by TKO at 3.08 of round one in your heavyweight main event. And Sergey Pavlovich is doing some very, very big things in the UFC. He extends his own modern UFC record for consecutive first round finishes to six. Also has earned a knockdown in six consecutive fights. And uh, all indications are, Ken Flo, that his next fight could just be for the UFC heavyweight title. Your thoughts on the budding contender, Sergey Pavlovich, over the weekend?
2: It's extremely impressive uh, given what he's been doing uh, and, and the fact that he's been doing it so quickly as of late in the UFC. Um, he clearly has a type of speed and power that is unusual in the heavyweight division. Um, and I also think he demonstrated his chin here in this fight against Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades was landing that right hand. Um so I guess on the positive side of things, that dude's got a chin. He was eating some big right hands, but on the negative side of things, it showed, "Hey, this guy is human. He can eat shots. Sometimes positionally he's not in the in, in the best spot, but he is a destroyer. He walks forward regardless, always stoic no matter what, on the walkout, during the fight, if he eats a right hand. Doesn't matter. This Russian dude continues to march forward and pursues that knockout until the very end. And he did it against a guy in Curtis Blades, uh, who's a fantastic fighter, obviously. And uh, I guess we'll get into Blades a little bit later. But yeah, uh, Pavlovich uh, just put himself... Uh, in, in a great spot to potentially fight for the belt in the very near future. So uh, talk about maximizing that opportunity, man. I, I was really impressed with his toughness and, of course, with his power and speed as always.
0: So you pick Sergey Pavlovich plus 145. As far as Curtis Blades' approach is concerned, mm. was it a case of – Curtis may be thinking that he could use that offensive nature against Pavlovich because I know that Curtis has a lot of confidence in his own hands. I think he might have the biggest actual physical hands in the UFC's heavyweight division and I think maybe he got a little bit overconfident in this realm because he was touching Pavlovich and it seemed like he kind of felt at least to me like he was going to get the upper hand of this kickboxing exchange.
2: Yeah, I I think that's accurate. When you look at the fact that he was hitting that right hand uh, against Pavlovich repeatedly, he had success with his striking. However, you also have to know... Where you have the advantage. And I think I see this across the board with a lot of mixed martial artists. It becomes this battle of ego, or just because you have good hands, or just because you have an edge in a certain area, doesn't mean that that should be your approach. You know, let's say I have an edge of like, you know, just a little bit on the striking, but I have this. Big advantage on the ground. Why wouldn't I take it there? This was a pivotal fight for Curtis Blades and for Pavlovich. The winner, you know, basically ascends to the top of the division and potentially gets a title shot. There was a lot at stake here. You can't afford to go out there and screw this up. And I think for. Curtis Blades, he should have taken the path of least resistance, which is to put Pavlovich on his back. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy for him necessarily, but that's certainly where I think everybody would agree that he would have the big advantage. He gets on top of Pavlovich, he's going to tire him out. Pavlovich is going to have to carry his weight, uh, you know, so he's going to get tired. And of course, you take away his knockout ability. Um, whereas on the, on the feet, if you're trading punches with him. Uh, you're, you're kind of throwing dice there. So I, I don't know if it was the best or smartest approach from Curtis Blades there. Was he landing shots? Absolutely. Was he hurting Pavlovich? I would say yes as well. Could he have taken him down and won the fight much in a much easier fashion? Yes, he could have.
0: So when Sergey Pavlovich was training at the American Kickboxing Academy back in the day, and I'm peeling back the curtain a little bit based upon a conversation I had with Daniel Cormier, but he was not this world beater as a wrestler nor grappler, obviously, and felt like there was a huge gap there that he needed to close. And there's no doubt now, six, seven, however many years later, I believe he's an American top team. He has closed part of that gap. But to your point, Blades would appear to have a decided edge on the ground if you're Curtis's coach. Are you not letting this fight marinate at all on the feet, right? Because ultimately the striking can open up the wrestling, right? Are you just forcing the issue with takedowns right out of the shoot if you're Cody Donovan and the guys in Curtis Blades' corner?
2: Yeah. I mean, I definitely would be pursuing that a lot more. It seemed like Blades had no intention of, of taking him down early. It was kind of like this plan A of I'm going to strike with him and see what happens. And then if that's not working out, I will go to my takedown game. And the problem with that is you may not have that opportunity. Why would you wait to get hurt or get busted up on the feet and then go, oh yeah, let me go take him down. I, I saw I saw this, I've seen this, you know, across the board in many different organizations with many different fighters, you know, whether they have a wrestling background or a jujitsu jitsu background, they go, I'm gonna show everybody how good my striking is. If the striking doesn't work out, then I'm gonna go to take them down, and then their lead leg is compromised off of calf kicks, or you know, they ate a body shot, or they took so much damage to the head that they don't know what's up you know that they can't even employ that game plan uh, so it's it's just not a great strategy uh, and you know mixed martial arts involves so many different things it involves you know uh, you know skills, physical ability but it includes it includes intelligence as well and you have to have that right uh, mix of everything having the tactics having the skills having the physicality having that timing uh, and conditioning uh, to do what you want to do and, and and having that smart approach in mixed martial arts it's such high stakes both in you know the damage that you can take and what can lead uh, you know, organizationally to your next fight in the promotion. So um, it was unfortunate to see that because Curtis Blades has been knocking on that door and has been so close so many times that here he is falling victim to that again. And he seems like such a great guy and has
0: so much ability. No, you put that well. And speaking of the damage, it doesn't go away. So even though Blades doesn't appear to be in any great rush to fight for the title, he knows there's a little bit of a log jam in terms of the calendar for John Jones and Stepe Miocic. But yes, this was a missed opportunity. You know, I'll talk about championship setbacks all day. But for Curtis, I do believe that you start to accumulate a few too many heavyweight knockouts and then... Even if you're a young man, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have this elongated career. So uh, it's too bad for the American Curtis Blades. But let us celebrate Sergei Pavlovich. I mean, I said that off the top, you kind of have to talk me back a little bit. And obviously, you share most of my enthusiasm for Sergei Pavlovich. But in our Anakin Florian podcast text chain, you know, I guess I said something about a matchup between him and a 41-year-old Stipe Miocic. and I think that would be a real challenge for Stipe going against somebody as yeah. fast and powerful as Sergey Pavlovich at this stage of his career. You know, Francis Ngannou Pavlovich is not necessarily, but I think there are parts of him that are a little bit scarier. I think he might be even faster with his hand speed. So, how would you handicap a fight between Sergey Pavlovich and Stipe, and Sergey Pavlovich and John Jones? Because obviously, when it comes to the grappling, Sergey Pavlovich is a little bit untested, at least in terms of what we've seen in the octagon.
2: Yeah, I, I would say Pavlic would be the underdog against Stepe. Um, maybe plus one hundred and fifty, somewhere in that range, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, Miatcic, of course, not only is a great striker, but also has the ability to put you on your back and keep you there. Against John Jones, I think there would be uh, even a bigger disparity there as far as odds. I would say probably plus two hundred and fifty, maybe in the plus three hundred range, even. Uh, just based on the fact that John Jones also has that long reach, has so many different weapons on the feet as far as striking. Um, tactically is one of the most sound and smartest fighters in UFC history. And then, yeah. of course, we know about his takedown ability and and submission skills and control.
0: So um, I don't know. Does that sound about right to you, you think? It sounds absolutely perfect. Did you lift weights this morning? You look uh, you look like you lifted weights this morning.
2: <laughs> I did. I did. It, it's probably just because I'm, uh, I don't know, eating, eating uh, bad food.
0: You look good. No, you look good. Awesome. So uh, here's what Matt the Immortal Brown had to say. And if if you think he's a qualified source, you would be accurate because he is one knockout away from being the most decorated knockout artist in UFC history. He wrote, I'm calling it Sergey beats John Jones. And. I'm just saying, like, it's hard for me, right, to not get super excited about Sergey Pavlovich here on a Monday morning. So, Matt Brown believes that Sergey Pavlovich is going to be the UFC heavyweight champion. Certainly, it's not out of the realm of possibility. He is much closer to his fighting prime than guys like Stipe and John Jones. Not to say that John Jones, and I guess not to say that John couldn't have some extended heavyweight prime, but do you believe it's a championship ceiling for Sergey Pavlovich based upon what you've seen over the last six or seven fights?
1: Anytime
2: you get a guy with that kind of physical ability and that kind of striking power and speed, if he catches you, he takes you out. It's like Francis Ngannou, right? Um, I think that I don't know if he has the overall athleticism of a Francis Ngannou or strength, but as far as speed and power, I think he's right there with him. And there was one point where he hurt Curtis Blades with a jab. Um, So anytime you get a guy like that in the heavyweight division, that if he touches you, you are not the same after, uh, they have the ability to be a world champion. No question about it. So I, I think with that just singular uh, approach, with that singular strength, yeah, there's a lot of guys that he can knock out and take out, and that includes every single person out there in the heavyweight division, including John Jones. He catches them, He puts him out.
0: Now, when Derek Brunson fought Robert Whitaker back in the day, some suggested Brunson was sort of on a suicide mission. Just balls to the wall. I'm going to finish this guy or I'm going to end up getting finished. I'm not at all saying that Curtis Blades was on a suicide mission, but I do believe that he was focused on aggression and focused on striking and believed without a shadow of a doubt that he'd be the guy we'd be talking about on Monday morning, that he was going to knock out Sergey Pavlovich. And, uh, I guess I admire part of that. I do think in some respect, it is a case of falling in love with his hands, but promotionally Sergey Pavlovich is the guy who's not nearly as UFC tested or as accomplished as Curtis blades. He's the one though, who's backing up for the title fight. He's the guy stylistically that fans are talking about. And, uh, Curtis Blades, I think, fancies himself a knockout artist a little bit. And I guess I'm okay in some part with the approach, you know, sort of die trying. And uh, he died trying.
2: Yeah, exactly. I I think there's always this delicate balance of ego, knowing yourself and knowing your enemy and, and we don't always get it right i shit knows I, i've gotten it wrong many many times before but um you know sometimes you just don't know until you get out there you think you're at a certain level i mean how many of my fights several fights early on in my career where i thought hey you know what well, i don't need any help with my wrestling none of my training partners could take me down and if they do take me down i submit them immediately i'm doing great <laughs> in training there's no indication that's telling me i need more wrestling until you go against a great wrestler and you go Oh, yeah, my my wrestling isn't very good. It kind of sucks. So then then you go, okay, I need to step it up again. So sometimes you don't know until you get out there. And maybe that was the case with Curtis Blades. And then again, it's not like Curtis Blades wasn't doing it like wasn't doing well in that fight against Pavlich. He was doing great. But was there a better approach to that fight? Yes, there was. So this was a tough lesson, man. And this is one that all of us as mixed martial
0: artists um, find out over time. And um, it's a tough lesson. And a key part of my point that I didn't make was the fact that, yes, Curtis Blades was realizing success on the feed and, uh, maybe more than he thought a little bit and got a little bit overconfident. But congrats to Sergey Pavlovich. And, uh, I do believe his next fight is going to be for the title. And as I wrote to you guys privately, I do think John Jones remains a wild card. Stipe has been in this scheduling cycle where he's only fighting once a year or not even competing in a year, right? His whole trilogy with DC took place over three years and he didn't fight anybody else. Daniel fought Derek Lewis, if you recall, in the middle of that whole series with Stipe. So I think that uh, the most reliable guy right now in this whole heavyweight equation is Sergey Pavlovich. I wouldn't at all surpri- be surprised to see September uh, that this is the guy, or maybe November, I guess, there's some talk about Madison Square Garden. But if either one of those guys isn't ready or there's any sort of appreciable delay, I think Sergei Pavlovich could be fighting for the heavyweight title next.
2: So much of it is, you know, can the UFC put together a hype package, a highlight package for you uh, to promote this big fight? And man, you look at his last several oh, fights, God. it's all a highlight. Reel. He's got so many knockouts that you could really
0: hype this guy up uh, because he's a scary individual who's proving it time and time again. I'm trying to be professional today, but what I really want to do is come on here and be the fan and be like, "Dude, Sergey Pavlovich is a fucking beast." I mean, I'm telling you, man. Like, I'm telling <laughs> He's you, scary I'm, man. I'm watching the fight on mute, putting my son to bed in a hotel room and uh, had adjoining rooms because it was we went away for my daughter's birthday and uh, I could not. My does this guy have a nickname, Sergey Pavlovich? Does this guy have a I don't nickname, know. Cody? I don't think he has a nickname. I know Sergey Spivak is the polar bear. Don't confuse him <laughs> with Sergey Pavlovich, because uh, I think Polar Bear would be like a good F2, nickname for uh, for Pavlovich. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Cody, it sounded like maybe you were going to ch- you were going to chime in, but I guess not. No nickname for Sergey Pavlovich. All right, <laughs> I do want to get to a few other things on UFC Fight Night, but I also want to talk to you about some news that has broken before since our last episode. Gilbert Burns, Bilal Muhammad, UFC two eighty eight co main event. I think you kind of willed this into existence. Here's the quote from Gilbert Burns to MMA fighting. No way I was waiting if it was July, if these guys, Colby Covington and Leon Edwards, were fighting in July. But October, no way. I'm going to fight my way in, like I said at the beginning of the year after my fight in Rio. I'm not asking. I'm not complaining. I'm not begging. Please give me a title shot. No, I want to earn it. I want to earn it by hard work. I'm going to outwork all these guys. And then he referenced Kamar Usman sort of lapping the division, saying he's lapping everybody. Now it's my turn. I'm lapping everybody, the whole welterweight division, the whole UFC, and I'm planning on keep doing that. So it seemed like there were some negotiations as to whether or not this fight would be three rounds. Would it be five rounds? Would it be at a catch weight of 175 pounds? Ramadan is now over, which perhaps is neither here nor there. I think the bigger picture for Bilal Muhammad, he was doing some appearances, some charity work. He was not embedded in training camp training three day, three times a day necessarily. Gilbert Burns is coming off a pretty grueling training camp. The fight wasn't necessarily all that grueling, but this is a title eliminator. It is five rounds. It is your co-main event and it is happening in about two weeks, May 6th, Newark, New Jersey. Your thoughts on all of that noise, Ken Flo?
2: This is the fight. This is the right move for the UFC. And time will tell whether this is the the right move for either Gilbert Burns or Bilal Muhammad. I there, there's so many instances where you give up certain things, right? As a fighter, you know, do you need an extra month for a camp? Uh, is the other guy coming off of a fight? Was it a grueling fight? Did he get beat up? Did he not? Is he coming off fresh? Does he have any injuries? All these things you need to weigh in as a fighter and look for those little advantages or opportunities as well, because these are things that can pay off big time. And both of these guys, I think, have so much on the line. And there's so many different factors that we could point to as analysts and fans of the sport after this fight and go, ah, you know, Bilal shouldn't have taken it. Or this was a smart choice by Bilal to take advantage of this. Maybe Gilbert Burns was overtraining. He was coming off a lot of consecutive. So I don't know which way this is going to go. There's so, so much at stake, both because these guys are so evenly matched, and they are so skilled and so smart, um, but also because of all the things that are kind of happening on the periphery, with you know coming off of fights or not, or Ramadan, and so I am absolutely fascinated by this one. Uh, this is a big one, and talk about opportunities after this. How do you deny these guys an opportunity to fight for the belt after this one? I, and this is just. This is a thing of beauty. Very interesting.
0: Well, and Bilal Muhammad's acceptance is rooted in just that. If he was going to fight Shavkat Rachmanov, there wasn't going to be anything resembling a guarantee that that was going to produce a championship opportunity, even if he is the first man to defeat a guy who's 17-0 and 0 with 17 finishes. But you beat Gilbert Burns and you lay the foundation with five rounds. This is a championship title eliminator any way you look at it. It were Bilal Muhammad to win this fight as a betting underdog, by the way. I think he's plus 135 on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Were he to win this fight, he could idle for a year if he had to. He would have laid the foundation with this four-plus year unbeaten streak, punctuated by a win over former world title challenger Gilbert Torino Burns he'd get a title fight. Now, Burns is a throwback. And I know you love Gilbert Durino Burns. We all do, right? Just wanting to be in this active cycle to just clear out the whole division and make himself so undeniable as a number one contender. You got to think Leon Edwards loves the fact that this fight is happening because in a meritocracy, it's really going to elevate the winner. So I don't know. It's very exciting to to think that this fight, uh, you know, once they get through the way and is just two short weeks away from happening.
2: No question about it. And for Gilbert Burns, you know, I can associate with that. I know when I lost against BJ Penn in my second title shot at 155 pounds, um, you know, I, I I knew I had to go and prove myself. Um, even before that, after I lost to Sean Chirk, like I, I needed to go out there and prove myself as that number one contender. And, um, you know, I I think Gilbert Burns has been a man on a mission and has been looking phenomenal because of it. But you can absolutely see that, that he wants to go out there and prove to himself and to everybody that he is the dude. But he has quite the challenge, quite the hurdle. And Bilal Muhammad, who has been doing uh, very much the same thing.
0: Bilal Muhammad looking at this as his Michael Bisping-like opportunity to accept a major, major fight on short notice and effectively change the entire complexion of his career. Fascinating to see how it plays out. Don't forget, you can catch Bilal Mohammed's Remember the Show podcast on our Anakin Florian podcast YouTube channel every Thursday night, uh, co-hosted by my twin brother, Jason Anik. All right. lot still to get to over the course of the next 45 minutes or so. Let us get to the Ray Longo Minute.
2: Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt-sip smell routine, or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture, telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising 19 crimes the official wine of ufc pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com enjoy responsibly 2024 sonoma california
3: it's now time for the ray longo minutes going to punch a hole in this fucking chest that's what i want the ray longo minutes <laughs> story ray the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast.
0: Sound the trumpets, ladies and gentlemen. It is horse racing time, so saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. So right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. All you need to do, deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app, not now, but right now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 $250 when they opt in with code flow FLO only on the DK horse app. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER 18 plus 21 plus in certain States to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply, void where prohibited, one per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments, deposit, and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com.
3: There they are. Hey! Come on now. I huh? mean, come
0: on, Ray, huh?
3: Where are you? In your kid's room? I can't see over uh, there.
0: So as I try to get to the bottom of my internet issues, we are in the playroom today working off of a Macintosh desktop computer, and so far, yeah. so
3: good. All I got to say to that, then, is ga-ga-goo-goo.
0: <laughs> well, if you really <laughs> like, want to know, I'm trying to get a studio space down yeah, here in Yeah, that's Portland. what I'm
3: talking about, yeah. John. Big time, yeah. baby. Big time. <laughs>
0: Hey, DraftKings, if you're listening, yeah. maybe we can collaborate a little bit because we're uh, we're burning a lot of paper trying to get into this building. All right. A lot to get to. Uh, how was your weekend, Ray? Okay.
3: Very good. Very busy.
0: So uh, you did not go to Hawaii with uh, James Gonzalez, though?
3: No, I did not. Steve Lee went. Uh, I thought it was a, I thought a great fight by James Gonzalez. Great fight by both guys. Pico seems like a great kid. He's got a real obviously he's doing great. But Gonzalez jumped in that fight last minute and uh yeah, he fought his ass off. You know what I mean? I I enjoyed the fight. And I'm glad uh, you know, Pico got the fight also, because I know when you train hard, you know, you wanna you wanna just get in there and, and show what you got. But uh what I thought it was a great hats off to James Gonzalez, man. Tough as nails. And uh and hats off to Aaron Pico for Taking that fight, he's not an easy guy to fight on a week's notice. And yeah, Pico did a great job, really good job.
0: Jiu-Jitsu James Gonzalez, the uh, Sarah BJJ black belt, is that right?
3: Yep, really yep. good. The Alley Cat, man, yeah, he's just t- he's tough, man. He's th- you know he's he's like the the lower version, you know, like the uh, minor league version right now. And I don't mean minor leagues in that way, but like Balal and Gilbert Burns, he, he's willing to fight anybody any place anytime just to get in there and you know prove himself and uh unfortunately like what you guys were saying about balal and uh and gilbert burns which i agree a 100 percent you know you got to love the guys that'll fight just to prove themselves but you know a lot of times they have to fight themselves in a disadvantaged position and that's what i don't like about it you know what i mean so uh I guess even uh with Bilal coming off of Ramadan and Gilbert Burns just having to make the weight again, he just fought a couple of weeks ago whenever that was uh yeah, but these are two guys that that's what I think the sport needs is guys like this that are willing to step up and say i want this is this is why I, I deserve to be the number one challenger." So hats It's to just those a guys. really
0: tricky thing though, right? Yeah. Because LeBron James never has to deal with a circumstance like this. And Kenny, at the highest levels of the sport, oftentimes we see opportunities like this, right? Short yeah. notice right. opportunities in the biggest fights of your life. And I do think that the way you're wired kenny right it's like title eliminators on two weeks right it's like this is the biggest fight of Bilal muhammad's life you can argue second biggest for gilbert burns or maybe third but it's just it's just weird right but sometimes you just got to take the bull by the horns and that's exactly what Bilal's doing but it's just weird to have a sporting event i guess is what i'm saying of this magnitude have this type of preamble that's all
3: yeah Here you go kenny yeah
2: no, absolutely. Uh, I, again, I think uh, this is the kind of risk that you have to take as a fighter because these are opportunities that may not come around again. so it it's a tough one to make, you know, for your management, for yourself and your team. But I think this is the right choice, um, especially given the fact that you know uh, Bilal and all of his experience, the guys that he's faced, I think he sees this as a winnable fight. Um, not an easy fight, but a winnable yeah. fight. And if he does that, he puts himself in a fantastic position.
0: And if you put Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad at UFC 290 or 291, right, it stands to reason one guy gets injured, the fight never materializes, right? So hopefully we get to fight night with these two and uh, just a fascinating, fascinating development when it comes to uh, the UFC's welterweight division. I wanted to ask you, Ray, did you see patchy mix with that huge knockout with that knee?
3: Damn. Damn, that was impressive. Patchy Mix is on fire. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean Mix, and he's huge. He's a huge, I mean, Alger's 35. a huge 35, but this guy, he's huge. So, I, mean, I don't know who's stopping that guy. Uh, he's got a, who, who's he fighting next? He's got, a, is it Sergio Pettis?
0: yeah Do perhaps yeah i don't know i don't know all that noise ray i mean yeah. how far how how deep a dive you expected me to go on bellator this weekend? <laughs> hey, ray. Going on, you know yeah. right
2: what, what when did he knock him out and how was the fight going prior to that was it even or was patchy mix kind of running away with it prior to that oh, fight? Oh, i'm gonna ray say Joe? it was
3: within the first minute oh okay oh, yeah. well, wow it first minute of the fight threw it, happened. it threw a jab a couple of jabs and then he threw a jab and just let Damn. that knee go and kind of ducked into it. Not totally ducked into it, but I yeah. think just the height and the length he has on the knee brought it right up. I mean, bad knockout. He was out.
0: Yeah. So uh, what a shot in the arm with Bilal Muhammad and Gilbert Burns to UFC 288. This is a huge night for you. You have had Good. a lot of big nights in your career, but you right. You see a little anxiety creeping in for Raymond. <laughs> Anybody see that on the DraftKings YouTube channel? I fucking saw it. <laughs>
3: Anxiety, anxiety doesn't have to creep in. It's here.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about Matt Frivola first, and then we can get to Aljamain Sterling. But it seems in a lot of respects that Matt Frivola has been calling for this big fight for much of his UFC career. And uh, and now he has it two weeks away. What are your thoughts on the steamroll here against the uh, previously ranked contender, Drew Dober?
3: steamroll is looking really, really good. Really happy to way. You know, what I saw yesterday, great sparring again. He's sparring like three times a week, which is, you know, a lot for us, but, um, I think he needs it for a guy like Drew Doba. Uh, yeah, for Vol- look, he's, he's, he's on a roll. He's got great wins under his belt. He's got great competition under his belt. He fought Zarukian on 24 hours notice, who's, Right. A, a future champion, Hello. most likely, probably is gonna fight for the title for sure. Uh, he beat Jalen Turner who's just an absolute beast in that division now. So he's 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 had competition, so he's he's ready to go. I think we'll see a really good steamroller that night. His head's in the right spot. Um and that's it, man. I, I don't know, I'm I'm really excited for him. He's put in a great camp so far. And we got a week to go. Well,
0: you know. You know how we feel about him, and he's a promoter's dream, not just in terms of the style, but the willingness, right, to fight a guy like Armand Sarukyan, who was, I think, like minus 800. He him on 24 hours notice, so uh, we'll see how it goes for your guy, Matt Frivola. So I was writing the description for this episode of the Anakin Florian podcast, and I think I wrote something like, and Ray Longo shares his insights on Aljamain Sterling (laughs) now two weeks away. And then I was thinking, like, you know what, though? You're probably not getting much insightful from Ray on don't
3: Don't That should not be the thumbnail. Yeah. No. You know what? So, you know what I love about Al Joe? Like uh, he he's been training his ass off too, but he came down just to watch the sparring yesterday. You know, so he's always present in the gym. That's why I love having him back. And uh just great for the guys and you know, great source of information and knowledge. So well, we had a we had a great day yesterday.
0: I have a few items I would like to get to with you on this UFC fight night. If I could, we yeah. may circle back to Sergey Pavlovich, but we spent about yeah. a quarter of an hour on him. I wanted but, to get your thoughts on Bobby Green and Jared Gordon, but it sounds like you want to talk about uh, the Russian sickle, Sergey Pavlovich.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know what you say. I got to. I'm going to go two ways on this because I thought about, okay. I thought about this a little bit. Kenny, tell me if you agree with this. First off, okay. the first way is what the fuck was Blades doing? Like that game plan was just insane. But if I'm his coach, I'm going to say this. He stood and threw with an absolute killer. This is where I'm going with Blades. I think Blades, if he's coached the right way, becomes a totally different fighter moving forward. Because he's he sent out a message, I'm going to fucking trade with you and I'll take you down. And all he's got to do now is just find the right medium between it. But he was landing. He wasn't just trading. He was doing pretty good. His lights didn't go completely out. You know, it wasn't like it was a, a, a that bad of a, a knockout, I don't think. But he stood in there with an animal, and I thought he was doing well. You didn't know what was going to happen in some of those flurries, you know right, what I mean? So right. all he had to do was change a couple of things. But I think he proved a point that he, he's not the, the wrestler anymore. He, he he will stand and throw you in, I think, like, again, moving forward. With the right mentality, I bet you that guy becomes a problem. Yeah, he is that. I bet he becomes better from that.
0: I love what you said there because I was trying to articulate something similar to Kenny, I think, earlier, and I failed to do so. But where's your wrestling getting you, Curtis Blades, right? Yes, he's the most decorated offensive wrestler in the takedown column in UFC heavyweight history. And, yes, he's made a lot of money headlining a lot of shows. I'm not sure if he has long-term financial freedom yet or not, but he hasn't fought for the belt, and the dude's got some hands on him, right? Yeah. I do think he can win a lot of these fights. So, Ken Flo, this is well, a little bit of what I was yeah. getting at. The Curtis Blades 2.0, baby. I, I'm in.
3: I, I'm telling you, listen, you got to remember, too, it is the entertainment business, and unfortunately, if you're just a wrestler and you don't do anything else, you're probably not going to get a lot of shine. You're not going to get a lot of push from the organization. So I think that this was, I think this, I, I, I'm saying this was a positive for him. I don't know why, but I like what I saw at the beginning of that fight. And all he has to do is now change a couple of things. And I think that guy's going to be the problem moving forward.
2: Yeah. It, it's funny. You know, I, I don't know. I guess if I was to equate it to some silly, you know, combat analogy. it's like if you see a force of guys down there, we got guns and you know you can drop a bomb. hey, you know you can drop a bomb yeah, on them you like it's cool. not like we go, hey, let's go over there and John, if you get shot, then we'll drop the bomb on but let's just see what happens. Yeah. if Ray and John get yeah. shot, then we'll drop the bomb <laughs> it's like if you could drop a bottom, just fucking drop the bomb on him, yeah. kill him, take him out. why wouldn't you just take him down from the get-go? I, I mean again, he did prove <laughs> that point. he is getting better as a striker. But don't let your ego lead the way. Right, and, and I, I think. That was but but the I
3: issue. tell you, Kenny, it is the entertainment business, and you know, yeah, they, you no, know, true. they're not welcoming him taking him down. It and, was a good and like, That's the problem. They're not welcoming him that. They, they I, right. I, I don't believe that. So unfortunately, you sometimes have to run down the hill with a bomb and get into a fist fight. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, but you're right. True. But was it ego? Was it more? I don't know. I don't know. Prove a point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, but I think moving forward, he'll drop that bomb and he'll drop a lot of bombs. He's got a couple of different yeah. bombs now he could drop. That's the good news. Right. Right. I think anyway. he's skillful, man. Yeah, he's, he's skillful. skillful. He, he's talented. Yeah, and he's those heavyweights, man. I mean, all you gotta do is, you know, stay preserved and you're you're gonna be good to go. I think he, he's he's gonna be I I really believe he's gonna be a problem in the future. Now more than I ever did before.
0: So, Kenny, when Bruce Buffer or Joe Martinez or the great Lupe Contreras introduces a combat sports athlete, a mixed martial artist, oftentimes they'll say, "This man is a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu fighter. This man is a striker. This man is a thug Jitsu fighter. This man is yeah. a look see do fighter." How were you introduced?
2: Do you recall? I think I was a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Muay Thai. Expert That's right, or something. That's or right. Fighter. He was That's an right.
3: elbow expert fight. <laughs> yeah. a man that only throws elbows in his fights
0: well he was never really thought of exclusively as a grappler despite all the stripes on his brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt right i mean he made his name you know sending guys to the hospital with his elbows three divisions higher than he probably should have been competing right so i don't know i just was Curious about that. I also did a deep dive, and Gray yeah. Maynard, another guy like Curtis Blade, took Gray forever to get a championship opportunity in the UFC. I know he was dealing with maybe a deeper division and some variables at 55. Kempflo, that's the only time in your career that you lost as a betting favorite, by the way. You were slight favorite against Gray Maynard in uh, Boston.
2: And in Boston. In Boston.
0: Well, I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm just saying it. You know, Kenflow is <laughs> pretty good bet as a betting favorite throughout his career. More often than not, if you bet Kenflo is chalk. He was uh, he was getting that ticket yeah. to the window. All right. Bobby Wait, get, Green versus Jared. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was waiting for you. What the fuck was that, Ray?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to circle uh, with something else. I want to go back to Bobby Green.
0: <laughs> you go wherever you want. Nah, I mean,
3: nah, I, just, no, I I want to I go back to Bobby Green. I just just bar- for the I record. can barely see it because you're in the dark.
0: <laughs> oh, really?
3: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, 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 head your head just signed it up a little We
0: got to brighten it up. Yeah, keep your head there. Time. It looks
3: a lot shinier. There you go. <laughs> Sorry that's perfect.
0: That. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, he's very tan. He lives in South Florida.
2: Yeah. What is he Our,
3: doing? Out by the pool yeah. a lot?
0: <laughs> we were in uh, Orlando, Florida, celebrating my daughter's birthday. Wow. So nice. Got a little too much sun this weekend. Forehead's peeling <laughs> a little bit. But uh, that's neither World. here nor there. Disney? No, we did not go to Disney World. No. Really? Wow. No. I
3: still love Just a lot, with the kids. <laughs> a lot of water splash. A lot of water crow. Guys. I was
0: happy to avoid the big theme parks this weekend and just sort of chill at the hotel. Got to play mini golf with my son, which was an unmitigated disaster, but it was a good weekend. But let's talk about Bobby Grant and Jared yeah. Gordon. But I say this with all seriousness. Yeah. Anything you want to talk about during your 30 minute segment, you can take this conversation oh, any which definitely. way you want. When I ask Chael Sonnet a question on TV, he never answers the question directly, right? He is taking that conversation wherever he damn well pleases. And that's why I always say chale's one of one power to him. But, Ray, you're the star of the show. You can take the conversation any which way you want. Know. Sounds Wait. like you want to talk about Bobby Green
3: and Jared Gordon. That's exactly what I want to talk about. <laughs> All right, no contest,
0: <laughs> accidental clash of heads at 435 of round one. I got the chance to watch this late Sunday night. I have a lot of thoughts on it, but. What were your thoughts on the climactic end to this uh, feature bout of 55?
3: Well, give me a direction. What were your, th- what were your thoughts on it? I mean, he definitely headbutted. I want
0: me? your thoughts on it. Yes, it was a headbutt. I think it should have been a no contest. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, well, I'll tell you this. You know, I was on Jared Gordon's Instagram, and UFC featherweight contender Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell wrote, of Bobby Green. That shit was intentional. I don't care what no one says. I seen him aim his head. You're a real one, brother. All these tests God has given you. You are passing and you refuse to break. That's going to make you so strong. So Bryce Mitchell is alleging that there was some intent with Bobby Green who suggested he was just throwing an elbow. Either way, it was an anticlimactic end to the fight. Disappointing for both men. Uh, what did you think of it?
3: Uh, man, I, look, I like both guys. He did. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if it was intentional. But when you headbutt a guy, you know you headbutted somebody. And he acted like he was doing the elbow. Like he, his head was before the elbow was coming later. Yeah. So, I mean, to not know that you headbutted somebody like that, that's a little weird to me. You know, I mean, his, you had to know your head hit something and your elbow didn't hit anything, right, Kenny? Would you agree with that? You would know if your elbow hit something or your, your head hit ah. something?
2: I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. You know, it's like you definitely know that it didn't hit your elbow, right? right? Sometimes that hard part, there's not a lot of feeling there. But the way that I I saw it, he's leading with his head. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like in boxing, if you throw a strike and you drop your head and you just put it in the right position, is it illegal? No, you're putting your head – but you are putting your head in a, in a – in a shady position knowing that your, your opponent's face or chin is going to be there. So there's that gray area. You know, if the intention was there to use that head, you know, that that's, that's just a dirty move because, you know, obviously, you know, Jared Gordon got knocked out there. I mean, he got hurt. He got hurt. Um, There's some serious damage you can do with your head. There's a reason why headbutts are illegal now. Um, And that was a nasty one. So, they the, the right call was made. That's the yeah. good thing. The good thing is, and I picked Bobby Green to win that fight, yeah. but I was so happy to see that they did the right thing and, and had that in no contest because uh that was a nasty, nasty hit. Yeah, bump. yeah. He
3: definitely led with his head. He did, yeah. There wasn't I, I, I don't know if it was, you know, I I think uh Cruz was out of control. He thought it was a left hook or he was screaming for something. Then yeah. he kind of yeah. backtracked. I don't know. But it looked like he was trying that, that punch elbow, you know, that up elbow. Exactly. That, uh, like that. yeah. Or yeah. he was either trying that or he was trying. He was. After, or was there trying to disguise yeah, the head? After <laughs> the fact, he was saying, you know, like, because his arm wasn't yeah. back. It was really out. But it looked like right. it was. He, he looked like a jab he, to me. Yeah, right. He well, maybe wanted to do it, but his head hit first. I don't know. But he, well, the thing – what made it
2: bad, Ray, was the fact that he kind of – it's one thing to drop your head. Yeah. It's another thing to drop your head and yeah. lean forward yeah, he, like you're head yeah. a soccer ball. It almost looked like that. So bending at the waist and then thrusting with your head – was just a, that's where it looked a little shady i don't want to accuse bobby green of anything because i don't know what his intentions were i don't know him as a person he right. seems like a, a nice yeah. guy um so hopefully he wasn't trying to do that on purpose but um it, it just it looked funny with him lunging yeah. and leading with his it, head
3: it looked a little it, funny it looked a little funny but i like again uh, john you would be better at this than me but I don't think he's had a history of any you know no. foul play yeah. uh yeah. it wasn't like he was losing the fight uh it, there would be I, I don't know why he would do that you know it's not like it wasn't a desperation move so I think he's right. got that stuff going for him he could lean on his reputation he he seems yep. like a great guy I, I I think he's a really nice guy Jared Gordon fantastic guy um unfortunate but it did Look like he speared him with his head, you know, like, was it just something that happened and you weren't thinking about it? Uh, I, I was more concerned with the reaction after, cause I say that if I hit somebody with my head, I don't care if it's the top of my head. I know yeah. my head hit something too. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. Right. There's always going to be one guy who, mm. who gets it in the worst spot than the other guy. You know, you both be knocked out, but you you gotta feel that on top of it. Oh you get, my gosh. Even if you get punched on top of that, you feel that. You know what I mean? That's totally what, just with a fist, not with another skull hitting you or a, a jawbone or whatever. But that was the part that was a little concerning is that he kind of tried to no sell <laughs> the whole situation like it was a knockout for real. You yeah. know what I mean? So that got a little crazy, but everything before that, I think. There was no reason to lead me to believe it was intentional, but it, it didn't look good for Bobby Green. Let's say that.
0: I probably collided heads with my son a couple dozen times already in the first four years of his life. And it's always like, oh, man, I mean, you know, right away. 100%. But yes, I think Bobby Green does deserve the benefit of the doubt. I think Jared Gordon and others are certainly going to give him that. And candidly, I probably wouldn't have even had it as a talking point had I not come across Bryce Mitchell's comment that he believes without a shadow of a doubt that this was intent by Bobby Green. But hopefully they run it back. I think the disappointing part for Jared Gordon is that uh, he had knocked out cold, right? You're not trying to get your button turned off that many times in your life. And uh, unfortunately, he had to wake up and ask what happened.
3: Yeah. And Jared Gordon, I mean, you're not going to find a better guy, you know, to even... Deal with that, I don't think. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's uh, uh, upset, but he understands it. and uh, He's he's just a good guy. I hope he's all right. That's really the bottom yeah. line. I hope he's, he's all right. And it has absolutely no effect on his uh, fighting ability moving forward.
0: Did you watch the boxing over the weekend, Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia?
3: I saw the highlights. I mean, I went from the UFC to Gonzalez, and I think I missed the boxing in there. But I saw the highlights. Vicious liby shot. Wow!
0: Did you see Bruno Silva over Brad Tavares oh, at the yeah. UFC co-main event? Great God, fight. that guy,
3: huh? Yeah, I've been a big fan ever since he went three rounds duking it out with uh, Pereira. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, that guy he pits like a mule. He's another guy. He's good. I like watching Bruno fight. Oh, you know, awesome. he tightens up his ground game, and he's he's a force to be reckoned with too.
0: All right. The other thing I had for you, and then before we let you go, the floor is yours. The floor's yeah. not lava. The floor is yours. You can wow. talk about anything you want on the way out. But one thing that I haven't done a whole lot of in my 15 or so years covering mixed martial arts is gym visits. Right. I'll never forget going to Somerville, Massachusetts to visit Kenny Florian. And I'm thinking, dude, this kid fucking grew up in Dover, Sherman. He's fucking training at a place <laughs> like that. No, I'm just kidding. So
3: <laughs> what is he doing?
0: So, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, no, I just thought the fucking ceiling was low. I love Delagrati, one of my favorite people. So,
3: <laughs> oh, man. So, but no, I was just in Dallas. Don't take a shot at my buddy. Don't you dare do it. <laughs> no, no, I walked you know, into Team City on and maybe I was
0: expecting some palace, you know, and it was, uh, no, it was loved, hot cool. I like
3: that even better. I, I know, like that even better.
0: 100%, right? So, I haven't had a chance to visit all that many gyms over the years. And last week, Daniel Cormier and I were doing some business in Dallas, Texas. And we got to go to the pro practice at Fortis MMA on Monday night. And uh I'll leave this to Ray and then Kenny. I don't know if you have anything on the back end. Yep. This was one of the greatest nights of my life. I could have sat there all night long. It made me want to like just go watch pro practices all over South Florida. If I would be extended that invitation, I don't know. Um, but gosh, you can learn so much. And I guess the toughest part of me in my own head as I'm watching all of this was that most of this is not for broadcast and I need to omit a lot of what I'm hearing and seeing from my broadcast potentially, but gosh, you know, seeing 12 UFC fighters on the mat and talking to amateur fighters and just being a part of all of that and seeing Sam Hughes three weeks after a a win with ankle wrapped, you know, back in the gym. It was just one of the greatest nights of my life. I enjoyed that more than most sporting events, live sporting events that I go to. So uh, I don't know. I just want to share that with you guys.
3: Wait, are you saying you enjoyed that more than the night you came to my gym and we watched Bruce Buffett do curls? <laughs> are you, is that what uh-huh. You're not saying that, are you? I,
0: I, I'm, I'm saying that.
3: Oh really? I'm saying that. Well, do? That even not- with all the <laughs> announcing he was doing and introducing people, you're going with that Four to seven minutes. It actually,
0: oh. it actually bothered me when Bruce was lifting weights. I thought it was. Just- <laughs>
3: I'm
0: glad you remember that positively, right? Oh, no, we man. had a great dinner, but we go back to we go back to Garden City, New York, to raise gym, and Buff's trying to like get it in, and it's killing my vibe. You know, I'm trying to put something in the air. This guy's lifting weights. You know, Are totally could- killed my. They Bye. put a
3: they put a lot in the air that night, Kenny. If you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> I, go, well, I know what you're talking. Are about. You want us to go outside? No, nah, no need to. Just let's just blow the <laughs> yeah. gym up in yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's always good for the parents when they walk in the next day. And, yeah, exactly. You know they know. Everybody. Cool. What, what, what's that? <laughs> no, go ahead, John. Did I interrupt you. Sorry about that. You're no, you're back at Fortis MMA, and you're like a kid in a candy store.
0: Thanks to the general (laughs) safe, Saud, all the athletes were just very welcoming. I just – I could not believe, Kenny, how much I enjoyed being in that atmosphere. I'm not trying to be funny at all. I I did not want to leave. Like I wish that pro practice had gone on all night.
2: Yeah, no, it's awesome because it really does give you the background on on not only the energy at the practice, but what these guys are preparing for. You know, we only see – the fighter on fight night and we, and we just kind of see them appear and they fight and that's it they're gone but we don't see all the work all the sweat all the blood all the tears all the heartache that they go through in practice um and you know j- again You say this all the time, it's very cliche, it can be cheesy, but just to get into the UFC's octagon or to fight at the highest level in any promotion is a big deal. It's a huge achievement just to get there and to see kind of all that work is pretty cool. And seeing that at a great gym like Fortis
0: is is awesome. Yeah. And just seeing how much safe loves it, right? Like at one point, he's like, dude, I just love this shit. You know, I mean, goes, takes care of his kids, whatever he needs to do. Just absolutely loves practice. I just really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm not going to name any names, but it was pretty funny. You know, somebody's walking up to safe UFC fighter like, hey, can I? And he's like, yeah, I don't care what you do. You're fucking late, though, you know. And then uh, somebody else came in and they were like, oh, man, it's sparring day. I thought it was Monday. It's Tuesday. I love sparring day, you know, or whatever it was. I think we were there Tuesday night. I apologize. He's like, Oh, I thought it was Monday. And he's like, Yeah, well, you're still fucking late, you know. And other guys, he's like, Dude, you're fucking fat. Like, your fight's in four weeks. You're fucking fat, you know. But I was glad I didn't have to train or take my shirt off. All right, Ray.
3: Anything else? Anything
0: else before we let you go?
3: I don't know. You're not, you're not really giving Fortis a big plug when people are walking in and they don't even know what day it is. <laughs> Well, what are we saying about the gym? You're telling me he's no. Got- I was the have fighters that don't know what Bunch day it of slackers is. Yeah, right. Four to seven May Is that the summary from <laughs> yeah, John? <Anning>? Right. Bunch <laughs> of slackers <laughs> at four to seven. You got a fat guy and I'm a guy jo- that doesn't I'm know joking. what day of the week joking. it is. I mean, what, what are we yeah, talking yeah. about?
0: <laughs> Well, I didn't name any names with the negative stuff. You want me to start talking positively about all these fighters? Kyle Crutchmer, uh, oh. who I really like, working his ass off down there. Right. As was Alex Morono, okay, Austin Lingo, you... pissed about a recent loss, getting the fuck after it. I mentioned Sam Hughes, wow. Macy Chasson. Wow. Diego Fajeda is a fucking beast, getting ready for Michael Johnson. MJ, better look out. You know what else you need, Ray? Oh, John's got a computer up
3: here, Ray. He's got a computer. Let me tell you, he came back swinging, Kenny. He did. Holy yeah. crow! How dare, dare you talk about that fat guy and the guy that doesn't know what day of the week it is? <laughs> I me mean, Austin Lingo's there. You bastard. Right. <laughs> no. Holy He's like, dude, shit. you're
0: fat. I'm turning around. I'm like you talk about me, bro. Well, when, home, are back, when are you coming
3: back to when you coming back to the gym? <laughs> to your you, gym? Yeah, you would have had a good you would have had a nice time yesterday. The sparring was I game. can you know, tell had-
0: you, I am going to be coming to New York on the back end of USD two eighty eight. So after the so Newark still- show, I'm gonna be in New York.
3: All right, we're doing it again. Buffer
0: coming or no? What was that? Is, is Buffer coming or no?
3: Buffer, one hundred percent. Bruce is always welcome. But okay. you know, you I'll know. get back
0: to you. But uh, RSVP <laughs> is in the mail.
3: <laughs> you know, I put oh, a I put a sign, the weights I, over I, there. I put a sign on the octagon door. Now it says, "You don't have to be crazy to enter, but it sure helps." And that's <laughs> that, that's good. That, that, sum, that sums up my gym. A bunch hey, of nuts much, we're dealing with.
0: Hey, much love. Go have some more cold brew. We'll talk to you uh, next week, okay? Salute. <laughs> See you, right? You're the best. Raymond Peter Longo every week here <laughs> on the Anakin Florian Podcast. I love our decompression phone calls later in the week. He'll call be like, hey, I'm just messing with you, all right? And I'm just messing <laughs> with you, motherfucker. Now go brush your teeth. All right. <laughs> Thanks to Ray Longo for joining us every week here on the Anakin Florian podcast. Don't forget, clips of the show can be accessed still on the Anakin Florian podcast YouTube channel, but all full-length videos are on the DraftKings YouTube channel. So thank you in advance for subscribing to that channel. On the audio front, nothing changes. So uh, continue to ingest those as you so please. All right. We have another UFC fight night coming up this weekend, and it just so happens to feature a guy in Ricky Simone, who might just be my favorite fighter on the roster to that end let us get to the main event challenge it's the main event challenge and the time
1: is most definitely now florian i finished fights i'm gonna do everything possible to win
2: the main event challenge the john Annick and kenny florian podcast
0: and for that very initiative we call on big gun billy petrie what's up billy hey. kid hey, hey hey what's up boys I love the Reds jersey. Is that just a generic, or is there a player on the back?
1: Oh come on, bro! This is Sabo, <laughs> baby, Chris Sabo oh, with the goggles, nineties no. hero, Bob. Of course, yeah, Dude. no generic I, here, I mean That's amazing, Chris Sabo
0: is amazing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's better Chris than Sao. Barry Larkin or anybody else that popped into my head.
1: Sabo's so, the best, the king.
0: At Brian Petrie MMA is the handle on social. I can't start calling you Billy Petrie until you're fully embedded in this space. So, uh, you know, once you get the six-figure contract from one of these uh, outfits, then we can start dicking around with the Billy Petrie. My wife getting on me this weekend for using the word dick too much. Oh, okay. She says that I need to start
1: calling it penis.
0: Penis. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. I don't know what's worse. I think pe- right. wiener's the penis worst. Is worse. Yeah, don't yeah. say
1: wiener or penis. Just say dick. Yeah. I was
0: like said yeah. to my son, dude, can you please stop touching your dick, bro? Please. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. Mm-hmm. Let that's, us update a, a, that's a lifelong struggle, John. I'm telling yeah, you, that's telling yeah. true yeah. <laughs> it
0: could be a while. <laughs> so, uh, Bry, before I update the yeah. standings here, I believe it was a pretty lucrative weekend for you in yeah. the sports book overall. So, did you care Fine. to uh, share for us some of your uh, your highlights?
1: Yeah, I hit Brady Highstand at plus three seventy live. I, you know, that third mm-hmm. round stoppage was crazy, but I got him live. A nice little shekel there. I hit Sergey Pavlovich knockout. I should have done round one, but I didn't. I hit my parlay as well. My big parlay I gave out was plus two sixty. Uh Lucindo, we got Bruno Silva in there, Montel Jackson, who I'm hugely high on. Oh, plus two sixty number. Yeah. So that was a nice little hit there. And then uh Sellensberger was the only The only uh, blemish. But we're up about 4.3, 4.32 units on the weekend. Hit Javante Davis by knockout as well uh, because I figured that was going to happen as well. Watch the boxing match. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Ken vote
2: brian i wanted to ask you because i yeah. think we were on the same page with this when we were talking on our <laughs> chat but you had a problem with the Semmelsberger decision as well am i right because yeah. i kind of did as well man i i I, would lo- I didn't go back and watch it a second time but okay. i thought he I, I don't i wouldn't say he got screwed sure. but i thought
1: he was gonna get the knot so i got chirped a little bit on twitter because everyone's like oh you're just mad you lost your bet yes that is right but i re-watched <laughs> it and i took everything aside the money's gone who cares right I don't know how you're a judge, right? And I'm not even saying he won the fight. My biggest beef is I don't know how you're a judge. And you give all two of the three judges gave Jeremiah Wells round one. Jeremiah Wells, who's a dog, by the way, was not yeah. unconscious in round one and woke up. Right. And then he got on top and did some work. That's fine. Sonsberger should be a little more anxious, but he was out. Like multiple times in that round.
2: Yeah, if we're talking about damage and effectiveness what of striking. What else more
1: damage do you want, right? right? Crazy to me that two of the three gave him that first round. He rebounded well. The second round, he got flatlined a little in the second round, too. I feel, still think he was recovering from the first round. Third round, he looked great, right? 29-28 yep. is how I had it. I was just very upset that two judges had a 30-27 when damage right. is what we're scoring. And admittedly, I'm not the best judge. Obviously, I am a capper. I'm a gambler, so I do get emotional with some things, but i still don't know how you give that first round to jeremiah wells
0: yeah. all right i am looking at these scorecards right now eric cologne junichiro camijo and rick winter and it looked as though rick winter uh gave Semmelsberger round one the other two uh did not so right. i did not get a chance to watch that fight regrettably uh i was way over the weekend dude montel jackson though what Street. a frame for 35 yeah. what a beast there have been some weird circumstances at time in his ufc career but now you start to look at at the wins list some of the guys that he's beaten yeah hard to get a number next to your name at 35 but tell us why you're so high on montel the kid jackson
1: he's you know the fight iq is coming along there is the fight with jp bays where he hurt jp bays about six times in that fight and i'm like you gotta finish you gotta finish this guy you're that good he's monstrous right for the division he's got bigger hands than francis agonio rumoredly, right he's got huge myths and yeah, right. So he goes out there against Ron Yaya, who wants to get in these weird scrambles on the ground, trick you to getting on top. He's that good. He's really hard to finish, really. Yaya, he, he sticks around. He's obviously not the most skilled guy in the feet, but Montel closed the show, did what he was supposed to do, fought smart, fight IQ's coming up, want to see him be active a little bit more. He's been in there with some really good guys. He's been around for a little bit, too. He's got a nice little name. and Now I'm starting to build here. Let's start building. Uh, I think he's super talented.
0: All right. And before we transition to UFC fight night song versus Simone, just give me 30 seconds on the yeah. Russian Sergey Pavlovich, bro, because Golean. we have these private chats, right? And at least you're yeah. there with me speaking in superlatives and making all of these great leaps that probably won't come to fruition. But dude, like, yeah. How do you handicap his chances as you spin it forward now for him against Jones, Stipe, or anybody else?
1: So, Stipe, I think he wins. I think Stipe's a little bit long in the tooth, and I don't think Stipe's going to have the wrestling chops to get him down. Even though he is a good wrestler, is going to want to box them. Who's boxing with this guy? No one is. I mean, look at the reach. He took two clean right hands from Curtis Blades clean right hands ate him like nothing and marched forward the one takedown attempt blades did have was after he was hurt but his hips looked good they were in the right position sergey looked like or sergey Pavlovich looked like he was waiting ready for that and uh this is the my favorite performance of his favorite knockout because he's going against a guy who, who can rally who's been in there with the top but he stayed composed stayed patient every time he hit blades when blades was kind of freaking out kind of moving his head going everywhere the slot slot slot, uh shot selection excuse me was perfect uh this guy's a problem and he's young too i mean god good luck scary dude for the heavyweight division scary dude yeah uh yeah good luck heavyweights good fucking luck man and seems to have some personality as well that transcends
0: the uh, language barrier a little bit so uh see how it goes for sergey pavlovich but congratulations to the big man on steel in the weekend. All right, let us update the standings before we make our selections this week. So Petrie minus 28.55 going in. Ken Flo was minus 5.70. Petrie goes one and two for a minus one thirty five. Ken Flo goes two and one. Big hit on Pavlovich, plus one forty five, plus one eighty on the week for Ken Flo. Shaves his nut to minus 3.90. Petrie 2.9.90. And maybe a five-unit jobber for Brian Petrie coming down the pike this week. Maybe not. just have to listen to the main event challenge to that end. First fight for us at Bantamweight. And this is an early prelim, but just wanted to give this fight a little shine because I'm curious to see which side you guys fall on. 15-time UFC veteran, Brian Kelleher, minus 180. Journey Newsom, plus 155. So Petrie, Kelleher has Mm -hmm. never won more than two straight in the UFC. He's never lost more than two in a row in the big show. He went one and two last year. The last two losses, though, both by first-round rear naked choke. Your thoughts Mm -hmm. on Kelleher here against Journey News.
1: That little pause before you said Peachy, I swear a Billy was coming down the pipe right there. (laughs) (laughs) A Billy was coming. I love it. I don't care. My mom I told my mom that. She goes, What? She's like, I knew a Billy growing up. He was a hillbilly. I'm like, Mom, don't worry about it. It's okay. Uh, here, uh, listen, Boom Kellenher. I like Boone Kellenher. He had a nice little run during COVID, right? Pop it up to 45, getting fights, just staying active, which I like about him. You know, he's 35, 36 years old right now. The keys are the victory here are easy. During Newsom's got some pop in his hands, but he got taken taken down six times by Sergey Morozov. That's the key here. Kellenher is a good boxer, but he needs to mix it up really well. He's got a good guillotine when someone shoots on him. I would like to see. Him take down Journey here. Journey try to work to his feet and he jumps a gilly there because it is it's, it's a really good choke he's got there. I think he's better everywhere. Speed and, and grappling. I like Kellner here. This could be an extra unit play for your boy. Not going to touch it because Journey Newsom does have some bombs in his hands. But uh I think Kellner should get a finish. If he's motivated, he goes out and gets a finish and mixes everything up. But uh I like Kellner here. Yeah.
0: Brian Kellner 180. Journey Newsom, you mentioned the December loss to sergey Morozov. Somewhat of a mixed bag for Journey Newsom, who's fought five times in the UFC, Ken flow Your thoughts on him here against Brian Boom Kelleher?
2: Yeah, and, and Newsom has been a little inconsistent, right? He is a very good striker. needs to be respected there, uh, absolutely capable of winning this fight uh, if they stay on the feet. But I think Kelleher can hang with him on the feet. But again, the path to victory is very simple here. Take him down, put him on his back, look to control him, set up a submission. I like Kelleher. I think he's got more ways to win.
0: And a reminder, you guys do not have to pick every fight. The only one you have to pick is the main event. You can abstain on one. Marcos Rogerio de Lima in the heavyweight division, a minus 150 favorite here against Waldo Cortez Acosta, who is plus 130. They call him Salsa Boy out of the Dominican Republic. Fights out of Phoenix, Arizona. Fought twice in a span of four weeks in the UFC last autumn, and that sort of gave him some traction with fans. Made the quick turn, was successful in doing so. Won both fights by unanimous decision, and Now, Bry, he draws the UFC tested pays out. Which way you going here with the big boys?
1: the has got sledgehammer bro sledge he's in those hands i mean he made ben rothwell do the chicken dance that that's that's any uh hard to do the big thing with him though is, is is cardio's really lacked in in previous fights i feel like he's cleaned that up he's 37 which we all know is 23 in the heavyweight division it's a good number and um yeah. he's cleaning up a little bit you know and and he does have some ground game here i wouldn't be surprised if he wants to take costa down acosta this dude it was a former pitcher, I believe, and he throws his right hand like a pitcher. I mean, it's just all power, but he's athletic. He moves really well. I like what I see in them. I do really like what I see him with. He's confident. I want to step on the gas a little more, want to have a little bit more volume. I think when he fights the Lima here, I think that's what's going to be. You got to be careful because the Lima's got those sledgies, but... You throw a little bit more volume in there. You put some pieces on them. You're more athletic. You move. Don't move straight back. Move side to side. I like Costa here as an underdog play. Let me let me get the let me get the big boy here uh, at the dog shot.
0: All right. Cortez Acosta, plus 130 for Brian Petrie. Ken Flo, you and I called a handful of Pezao's early UFC appearances, 15 of them now for Marcos Rogerio de Lima between a couple divisions. UFC career dates to 2014. Nine UFC wins, not too bad. Three off of Ken Flo's 12, if you're keeping score at home. Uh, and he submitted Andre Arlovsky his last time out. Your thoughts on Pezao here, slightly favored against Waldo Cortez Acosta.
2: Uh, these are always tough, you know. These heavyweights that you know a lot of times will just fight any strategy out there and just start throwing down. So I, I totally see why Brian is going with Cortez Acosta. I, I could see him winning this fight. And there's times where I look at uh, Rogério De Lima and I'm like, man, he looks fantastic. And other times, even within the fight, uh, where I'm like, what is he doing? W- w- why is he taking this approach? And he does, you know, he can't have a tendency of getting tired. But I, I don't know. I, I think um, I, I've seen a better uh, output from him. I've seen uh, better performances. There's a little bit better as far as like his skills are improving a little bit. So I- I'm going to go with Pezal. I like uh, Roger with DeLima here, but, you know, not not a strong conviction.
0: All right. Three picks to go, gentlemen. We get to a featured bout of middleweight Hadolfo V8 minus 275 against Cody Brundage, who comes back plus 230. Brundage out of Factory X, making his fifth UFC start. Got knocked out by Michal Oleksejcik, Last time out. On the other side, you guys know Vieta, known quantity, world class jujitsu player three and two of the UFC thus far. BP, who do you have here at a buck eighty five?
1: So in my podcast, I do the soundbite. It's from Slingbade When, uh, when the lawmower doesn't work, he goes, ain't no gas in it. Uh, these oh. fighters, this is an, ain't no gas in a fight. Both these guys fade, right? Cody Brennan just comes out does like with Three takedowns over Olo Sacek gases gets finished, right? Before that, we all had the ticket of him knocking out Tristan Gore. We all were carrying that ticket in our back pocket. And before that, the Lugula Bula fight, he was getting smoked and came back and won. Kenny loves how I pronounce that name. He just laughs i <laughs> my face on that one um but Rodolfo rivera you know he fought chris curtis he looked good you know he got embarrassed a little bit by the fluffy hernandez had him down have everything but he looked like he muscled everything gassed out fluffy's legit dude rebounded with dustin stole got a submission but then fought chris curtis where he went for way too many takedowns we landed 88 strikes he looked good cardio went the full three rounds took some shots of uh, uh, chris cody that's all he wants to do is take you down. I don't know in a world why he wouldn't want to take Vieira down here. And I think if Vieira could stay with Chris and not get put out, I don't think Cody's going to have that. Plus the gas tank issue. I like that he's training with Dustin Jacoby. I like that he's in uh, Factory X over there in Colorado. Cardio should be good. But I like Vera here. I think the only way to touch this fight, well, I know we're picking money lines, so give me Vera. But I think Vieira by sub or Cody by decision are the or, or what you're going to look at when you go to the window. But uh, give me Vera.
0: Our audio engineer, Will burger's probably salivating when he heard you pronounce "lungi ambula." <laughs> would you like to give that another go? I, our producer Cody Mero would like I you don't. to. do No.
1: Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Dolce. He tapped out. Hold on. I, I'll do it. I'll okay. Hey, there you go. Huh. <laughs> Dolce, say <lungulabula>. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's about that's about as good as it gets, right there, boys. Julia. <laughs> yeah, <that's> Julia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hello. Ken Kenny, you are
0: going to lead us on the main event. For now, though, Adolfo Vieta modest 275. Cody Brundage, plus 230. Which way you go?
2: Yeah, I think I think Brian has it right here. I'm going with Hodolfo Vieira as well. The, the problem has been that transition of coming from sport jiu-jitsu over to mixed martial arts. Hodolfo Vieira has, uh, you know, legendary statistics and championships coming from jiu-jitsu. The problem is, is sometimes his style hasn't transitioned well to mixed martial arts. Also, his ability to go from striking into the takedown of putting it all together, it's choppy. Maybe it's better than this time around. I expect it to be, but um, he's still very susceptible on the feet. um, And uh, I think he's got a good dance partner here, though. Cody does a lot of his best work on the ground. Adolfo Vieira, I think, will be a little bit sharper and way more dangerous there.
0: So um, I'm going to go with uh, Vieira as well. All right, that brings us to the co-main event. Get out your pronunciation guides, folks. <laughs> Kyle Bohalio minus three hundred versus Michal Oleksyjek plus two hundred and fifty. And Oleksyjek, on paper, very challenging to pronounce. But at this stage of his UFC career, as he makes his eleventh UFC appearance, I've probably said his name, including this podcast, upwards of two hundred times. And he seemingly, as a fighter, has found his traction here at 20 years of age, Bri. Four and one combined in 2021 and 2022. On the other side, though, bohalyo a lot of people see great mm-hmm. things in his future, right? Three to one favorite, sponsored by Howlerhead, three and oh in the UFC. He's won 10 in a row, 12 and oh with a no contest spanning his last 13. What do you have for us on Kyle bohalyo and Michal Olakshayev?
1: Yeah, this is a fight where I would just, I, I hate the line placement, right? I think Olo Sacek deserves a little more respect here. I think his, you know, 205, he had no business being a 205. Logistically, this guy could be 170 if we're really putting our eggs in the basket here. Not a big dude, but big, big power. Doesn't matter. He'll knock dudes out of 205. Doesn't matter. Problem is his grappling, right? His grappling has yep. gotten him issues. Like Cody, his last time out, Cody Brunner's took him out three times. He got up all three times and knocked him out. I don't know if that's going to be the, Stacey, uh, the, the case here with Bar- uh, Baralo. There, the Brazilian names get me every time. Either way, the fight nerd, the guy, the guy who claims himself fight nerd with a throat tattoo and a good looking dude. The fight nerd here, uh, you know, he doesn't throw a lot of volume. He gets you down, he keeps you down. He's not really in a place in his MMA career yet where he finishes a lot of people. Ola Shaychek, I think, you know, as much as I want to take the dog shot, I think he's gonna have trouble with the grappling. He's got, he's got some great body shots. I know Chris Curtis has called out two people his entire UFC career. It's Michelle Olshaychuk and Dresdkis Duplessis. So hopefully Olshaychuk can win, fight Chris Curtis, because that is an amazing fight uh, because they'll both stand up and bang. Uh, But I'm going to take the fight nerd Baralo here. Um, I'm not going to pronounce it again. Not going to do it again. Uh, But give me, yeah, give me that. I hate it. I hate, I hate taking it, but I got to take it
0: and just put this in your back pocket if you sure. see two r's together at a brazilian name that's pronounced with brazilian portuguese the two r's become an h
1: boho D- right i tell you what, i have a hard time spelling brazilian names too there's so many eyes <laughs> where i don't think they need to be i don't know i'm just i'm a mess all around the place <laughs> and i did
0: notice you dropped a uh drake is Duplessis in there kenfo how about all these fight announcements coming down the pike robert yeah. whitaker drake Duplessis duplessy mm-hmm. at UFC 290 right Unbelievable. Nuts. Um, Nuts. Careful. Um, Kyle right. Bohalio is minus 300. Olek Shajuk about plus 250 right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Your thoughts.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brian, I, I love how musical you get when you say a Brazilian I, I name. I have to okay. like sing
0: it. Ah, yeah, I got to
2: like, like sing ah. it. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Uh, yeah, so uh, I like Bahaglio here. I think that his ability to put it all together, talk about a contrast between him and Rodolfo Vieira does not have the pedigree and accomplishments that Rodolfo Vieira has coming from uh, the sport of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But, man, he knows how to put it together, and he's a smart competitor. He knows what he needs to do to win rounds for the most part. And I think he'll find a way to utilize his striking. His striking is good enough to be a threat, to at least set up those takedowns properly, enter safely, and put Alexejuk... Is that how you're saying it? Oleg on the mat and uh, and control him and maybe even take him out. Not necessarily known. He's more known for his control than he is for his submissions. But against Oleg I do think he has the skills uh, to submit him. Now. Uh, you know, the, the Polish Olek Sejuk is very dangerous on the on the feet, man. I, I love his striking. Um, he knows how to slip and rip and attack the body. So you gotta watch out for those punches and bunches. But I like Bojalio here. I trust in his tactics and his strategy, so much so that I want to put three units count three, one, two, three
0: One, two, three on Bohalio. Let's them. go. Let's go. So that is a $900 wager, 900 American dollars smart. on Kayo Bojalio, who was previously featured on the Pronunciation of the Week here on the Anakin Florian podcast. We haven't gone to that segment a whole lot because, well, for one, our producer's pretty good with the names. And mm-hmm. secondly, there just have not been a whole lot of challenging names over the last four or five shows. But we do have the Bojalio file. So let's let Petrie hear Kayo, if yeah. you'd be so here kind. We go. Cody. Kayo
3: Bojalio. Caio de
0: It's a pretty cool fight name. All right, main event, <laughs> Ricky, minus 130. Song Yadong 110. Song is ranked eight. Simone is 10. Kenny, you made a prediction on this fight last week. It was elevated now to a five-round main event. I'm not sure if that changes anything, but most people have said Ricky Simone has a great style for 25 minutes. Your thoughts on Simone, slightly favored here in the now main event. Against China's Song Yudong.
2: yeah, and I believe I picked Sim- Simon, uh, right? And and the la- the last one, um, I I've been thinking about this fight a lot, and I'm definitely not as confident in in Ricky Simon uh, here in this fight. I I do think he does have a good style for 25 minutes. He's a goer, man. He's got an excellent gas tank. I think he's going to push the pace against Song Yudong, and I do think he's got the style to present a lot of problems for Yudong, but. Uh, you know, dog's a beast, man. I, I mean, his striking, I think, is very underrated. He's very good. He's been really working hard on his takedown defense. Um, I do think that's where he's going to be most susceptible in this fight. I think Ricky will be able to push the pace. But as I thought more and more about this fight, I do think Song Yudong is a very interesting underdog bet. Am I going to go that way? No. I I do like Ricky Simone here. I think his grappling, he's going to have to lean on his grappling big time. He's going to have to be uh, very careful on the feet, especially in the boxing range. But I think Ricky can get it done here. So uh, this would be a big win for him. Uh, I think very highly of Song Yudong's skills. But let's go, Ricky Simone. I'm going to stick with it.
0: All right, Ricky Simone, minus 130 on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm just trying to get the most up-to-the-minute betting line for you right now. Simone down to minus 125. Song Yedong plus 105. That is the line we will go with. So the price getting a little bit shorter for Ken Flo there. Brian Petrie, close it out. Who do you like in the main event?
1: well this rarely happens there's a fighter's name i can pronounce song crushed it and then kenny and i disagree i had the week longer and now that it's five rounds i'm all in on ricky simone this guy all he's done his last four fights three of the four he's finished and there's are studs that he's finishing he's putting punches together he's mixing everything up this guy debuted against marab right and had that weird win but still was a close fight until the end Debuted against him. I mean, that's nuts. This guy won really bad loss with Faber. I know the font, Rob Fonts, a stud, so that's not a bad loss. But the one, this guy is, he's got it. I love everything. I think him and his team were high fiving because they got a little bit extra money, I'm imagining. And now it's five rounds. They're like, fuck yeah, we're five round fighters. I love this kid. Um, and, you know, again, Songy Dong's great. I don't want to, like, you know, not, not not disrespect him by not talking about him. He's great. Look good against San Hagen. Take down offenses on point against San Hagen. But I think Simone's just a different beast. And for five rounds, I really hope he doesn't get too hand-happy, like what we saw with Curtis Blades. Like, hey, I can strike with anybody. Let me not know. I think he's going to know how good he is. I mean, the Jack Shore was just a chef's kiss. Take him down, submit him. That's, that's, that, that's a beautiful performance. So not only am I taking Ricky Simone, I'm more confident I'm disagreeing with Kevin, even though he is on the Simone side. I'm going to go ahead and nuts on the table. Five unis. Johnny oh, called oh. it. I went one or two unis last week. Let's go five. Fuck it. Let's go. And that's a real life bet too. People think that I bet all the picks in real life. So they'll tweet me like, man, you're way off on that. You're probably broke. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't really bet that in the show. This is going to be a five unit bet for me after this last week and a half. Nice, I'm not confident Ricky Simone. I love
0: it. And there probably should be some sort of disclaimer that I write just concisely at the beginning of the main event challenge, just so people understand exactly what we are doing here. But yes, yeah. chips all in. Brian Petrie is on Ricky Simone, minus one twenty five, five units this weekend in the main event against Song Dong. If you want more from Brian Petrie and you want to hear about sledgies and gillies and everything else, MMA yeah. takes <laughs> podcasts. Get it in your life and on social media at Brian Petrie MMA. Brother we will talk to you next week. It is a pay per view. No, you will have done your homework. We'll see pay-per-view, you for two eighty eight, nice brother. Way. Thank you, man. I'll see you, boys. Pay-pay. There he is, Brian Petrie, with us for the main event challenge here on the Anakin Flooring Podcast, presented by DraftKings. So I don't know if Sergei Pavlovich is from Moscow, but Cody has suggested maybe the Moscow Mule as a nickname. Oh, and- okay i don't know if a moscow mule exists in mixed martial arts right now but if indeed there's a tie to that area that's a great nickname for uh for sergey pavlovich all right if you want more on the show check out anik florian podcast.com merchandise can be had there also millions.co for the one more sleep merchandise specifically kenny florian martial arts.com to find out everything the chem has got going on in the jujitsu world and also don't forget live every thursday on the Anakin florian podcast youtube channel remember the show with Bilal muhammad and jason anik thank you all for indulging us Today might be back with some bonus content later in the week. Otherwise, all hands on deck for the full preview of UFC 288 coming up next weekend. Also, don't forget our Anakin Florian Rewind on UFC Fight Pass, two fights that we look back at recently. Aljamain Sterling's win over Corey Sandhagen and Henry Cejudo's win over Dominic Cruz. Perhaps you want to eat that content up in advance of the fight between Aljo and Cejudo coming up on May 6th. Thank you to our guests, Ray Longo and Brian Petrie, our executive producers, Cody Merrill. For Ken Flo, I'm John Anik, thanking you and everybody else for listening and watching. Tell your friends and we'll talk to you in less than a week. Until then, you Trademarks owned by Becklass A B to C V twenty twenty four proximo Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.